You're listening to the Union Podcast. The Union is a movement dedicated to discovering God's design for sexuality, His hope for restoration, and the power of our destiny through Jesus. Please enjoy today's podcast. What's up, everybody? This is the Union Podcast, Episode 3. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm Brian Pugh, and uh, if you're not familiar with the Union, we are an organization that's dedicated to truth, hope, and destiny. We believe that God's design for sexuality, relationships, and marriage is actually a good design, and uh, we believe that there's restoration um, for when that design is compromised in our life. We believe also that everyone has a destiny in Jesus, so we're so excited that you tuned in today. Um, We're really excited about today's topic because today we're talking about how the church can be uh, an atmosphere of safety again, and uh, when it comes to vulnerability about past abuse, when it comes to um, areas of shame in our life and guilt, how uh, the church can be an atmosphere of safety again. And so I'm really excited because today we have two of my favorite people. We actually have my pastors on today. We have Mitch and Bonnie Boros. They're the senior pastors of Hill City Church in Abbotsford, British Columbia. And today we get to kind of pick their brain of how they've been able to really shift the atmosphere within Hill City uh, to be a place where uh, your shame and your guilt and your past um, doesn't have to haunt you and you can actually be vulnerable and you can share those areas of your life and find healing and restoration and freedom from all those things. So we're really excited. So one of the crazy things is though, we sat down thinking that we would you know, just put together one podcast, but as we started talking, we realized, man, there is so much, uh, so much stuff that we talked about that we thought was really worthwhile. So we're actually going to split this month's podcast into two. So we're going to have this one launched and then launch the uh, second one just uh, closer to the end of the month in January here. So thank you so much for tuning in to part one today. We really believe you're going to enjoy it. So thanks so much. All right, Mitch and Bonnie Boros, thanks so much for being with us today. We really appreciate um, you guys taking the time to, to be with us. Love to hear from you guys yeah. and uh, hear what's on your heart. So cool. uh, something we do here at the Union Podcast is we pu- like to put each other on the spot. So what we're going to do this morning is um, you get to ask a random question of each other and just come up, up come up with the answer on the spot. So... Who's going to go first here? I will. I will. No, me. No, I will. Go ahead. Okay, Bonnie's going to go first. Why wood cutting? Oh, man, because it's my love. It smells great. It's great exercise. Yeah, I cut a lot of firewood. Yeah. That's how I get into nature and (laughs) find God, perhaps. Yeah. Mitch, Pastor Mitch is the official lumberjack of oh, the Fraser yeah. Valley. Totally. He 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 doesn't he doesn't you know pump himself up or at all, but no. people got a lot of respect yeah. for him. He's even yeah. wearing plaid. He's even wearing plaid right yeah. now. Yeah. Hmm. No toque and no boots, but yeah. he's plaid got he's got way. plaid going. So yeah. awesome. All right. All right. So Mitch, what's your what's your question? <laughs> well, I thought because of the content today, it would be great just to ask my sweetheart, my wife of yeah. my youth. Why did you fall in love with me? Yeah. This little farm kid from Abbotsford. Yeah. I think one of the reasons was, I think one of the primary reasons was is the way he you treated your mom. Mm. Yeah, wow. You loved your mom. The yeah. way you treated your mom. I thought, wow, if a guy can do that. Seriously. Well, 
he'd make a good husband. So ladies, you heard it here. That's what you need to be looking for in your husband is how is he treating his mom? How is he treating other women, older women in his life? Because he does, he's not going to wear two hats. He's going to treat the same. He's going to treat you the same way he's treating those women. So that's, that's even a podcast right there. Right there. Right. We could be, I think we're done. I think, thanks for joining us today. We're all done. No. (laughs) Anyways, honestly, thank, thanks so much for, for taking the time to be with us today. Um, we would love just to hear your story a little bit. How did how did you guys meet? How long have you guys been married? Um, you know, even some of the family dynamics and, you know, how did you get in the ministry? All those, all those different things. How come I still get to be a part of the church? How come you guys, like, as much as you know about me, how come I get to be at Hill City Church? Probably because you come from the same broken yes. background right? we yes. came from. Yeah, yes. yeah. Same story, right? Yeah. No, I think I, I was more saying, like, how do you guys put up with me on a oh, daily basis? No. <laughs> we love you. People we love put you. up with us. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. we love each other. That's right. Yeah. But how did you guys meet? Well, I was 14 and, um, I, again, noticed Mitch. Um, at a little little country church that we were going to in Matsby Flats, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, just he he. All, I just kind of awoken, I woke up to, I guess is the right word, woke up to the fact that wow, he's one. Yeah, I wouldn't say that was the number one reason was the mom thing, but it was definitely in the top three. Right, uh, it, just a gentleness and um, and he was good looking. I mean, come on, you know he's a farmer. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I had a sense in my heart, like I really like this guy. And so I talked to my mom and I said, you know what? These feelings for Mitch Burroughs aren't going away. What do I do with this? Cause right. I, from just the past and some of the, the, um, unhealth, uh, in my parents' marriage and things that went on mm-hmm. at that time, I, w- I just wanted to do it right. Right. I wanted, I didn't want to have to go through what my, my mom went through. And so, uh, mom, my mom said to me, she said, honey, you start to pray. She says, ask the Lord, you know, if he's, this is not the guy, take him out of your heart. And right. I began to pray and that didn't happen. I had these strong feelings for him. Then my mom said to me, start praying. Okay. And so for two years, yeah. while he was dating somebody else, I began to pray for him and just wow. said, God, you know, um, this, he's on my heart. There's obviously reason why. And, uh, yeah. So, so what year was this? Oh gosh, we got married in 84. So that was probably 81, 81, wow. right? We started dating in 81. So yeah. 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 So Before even two, yeah. Even... So 79, yeah. 1979. Wow. And so, yeah. So, of course, I didn't know that she was praying for me all those years. Fortunate for me, uh, someone was, and quite a surprise to me, uh, my my girlfriend at the time who I was very engaged with, Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to marry her, being Mm -hmm. the faithful kind of guy, hardworking guy I was, um, she dumped me. Yeah. And I, at that point, realized how shallow our relationship was. Wow. And at the yeah. same time, I was rebounding and thinking, I don't want anything to do with yeah. women if this is what they're sure. going to do to my yeah. heart. Yeah. Right. And I had thrown myself too deep into that relationship, yeah. you know, that, it, well, it caused a great deal of hurt in my life because yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like, how could someone reject me after loving them so deeply and, you know, even planning to marry them? So it was in about three months later that I saw Bonnie, who mm-hmm. I'd 
seen in this little Sunday school and around the farm where I work because her dad was good friends with the man that I worked for and they were just these nice girls and all of a sudden it was like it was like she was just lit up in my mm. eyes and I was wow. so attracted to her and I saw her and she was this farm girl if you asked her if she you know she lived to be seen by guys not at, not all. at all she was a tomboy yeah and mm. um but she just shone in my eyes, and I and I was very attracted wow. to her, and and our relationship began uh, yeah. in just pre Christmas. It was December mm. the the twenty third, nineteen eighty one. First date. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah it's it was amazing. pretty crazy. And the interesting thing about our relationship, or even pre relationship, was like I he had no clue that I liked him. Mm. I kept it close, um, and. Um, so, yeah, I mean, not a lot of people knew even, hey, mm-hmm. I would say only my mom and probably my sister, one of my sisters. But other than that, we I kept it on the lowdown because I just wow. didn't want to, I just didn't want to, I just, I wanted to do it right, which is crazy yeah. if you think about a 14 year old wanting to do it right. But I guess, you, you know, when you see so many wrong things being oh, done. Right. Of or just unhealthy things being done or, you know, just living in unhealth. It was like, no, I've got to, I really wanted to do this right. Yeah. So. That's amazing. Yeah. So now how long, is, how long have you guys been married now? So that would be. 34 30, years. 34 years. We've known each other for 37. 37. Yeah. 34 years um, as of last, this past October. And yeah. So she, uh, I started dating Bonnie and she didn't know that she was dating a very broken young man. who right. had who had just given his heart to the Lord, didn't know anything about what it is to really have a healthy relationship with a young lady. Sure. And we didn't, neither of us had really anybody guiding us Mm -hmm. or giving us some advice. It's just, Mm -hmm. this is what you do. Mm -hmm. And um, I was a brand new believer and we were just, we were just entering into what it was, at least for me, to walk with God and see God in our relationship. So I wouldn't say that we started off on the best foot. No in that sense physically because all we knew was you know um lots of affection uh, lots of touchy-feely and Mm -hmm. you know hey you know this is all i knew so uh it was it was quite a uh it was an exciting time uh but it was a growing time for us as well for sure getting to know the lord yeah wow so now you're you guys have been married for 34 years Mm -hmm. And you have three kids. Tell yeah. me what it's like being parents. What was what's the craziest parent story that you guys have? Well, you know, our kids are, we're empty nesters now. So, yeah. you know, the fun thing mm-hmm. is that, man, those early years, they were, oh, they were awesome gosh. when the kids were small and growing yeah. up. And, yeah. and we can't believe how the time has flown <clears throat> by. But, for sure. you know, from that very first baby in your arms, you're just mm-hmm. like, yes. you enter into yeah. it and you're thinking... I don't know anything about this. I don't know what to do. And I'm all thumbs as a dad. And I don't even know I'm going to break this little girl, our little mm-hmm. Sarah, right. our little princess. And uh, and yet she just melted my heart. And, yeah, you know, wow. we're in on this. And yeah. so now this great joy of watching them mature mm-hmm. and grow up and, and some of them get married and, and have children. We have grandchildren now. We have uh, four little granddaughters and another granddaughter on the way Mm -hmm. and it's man it's just a thrill yeah it's just a thrill yeah wow it really opened uh it really opened up my heart to learning to love them the way they needed to be loved Mm -hmm. um and draw and being very intentional in loving them um 
the yeah raising uh, little ones was good, but it was hard at times because mm -hmm. um, th there definitely is a cost like involved in the sense of you know you think you think it's going to be one way and it's not or course, yeah. you, I mean there's so many things um, um, that come come out <laughs> mm -hmm. when you're raising kids right oh, you sure. you real really realize. Um, yeah, that it's it's work and it's commitment and you have to be intentional. We were very intentional. We knew, uh, I think as we went along, we knew what we weren't going to do right. from the very beginning, even before we had kids, to what we were going to do and we were not perfect parents. Um, but, oh my goodness, I'd go back there again. Yeah. And I think, um, um, I just, yeah, I'm a, uh, I always say a she-bear, but I just, um, I'm a nurturer. I lo sure. I loved and still love being a, a wife and a mom and now a, a Mimi and with our <laughs> grand girls. And right. it's like having grandchildren like opens up a whole new area of your heart. And, yeah. and it's almost like you get a, a bit of a second chance again. Like mm -hmm. you kind of, you get those mothering instincts, instincts don't go away. Right. And you just get to love on them. And so it's been really rewarding and watching watching our kids grow up and be adults and just so proud of them, right? Mm -hmm. All of them. Um, we've got great kids. And yep. I think one thing we've really, I uh, have seen and um, can see that we, there's something about your kids wanting to come back home when they're adults. Right. And you yeah. go, okay, you know, yeah. score. I think we did well. Totally. If our kids wanting to come back um, and, and hang out with mom and dad, like that is a, that's a big, big deal that's to big us. Deal. Um, then that tells me we've done something mm -hmm. well, Yeah, you know, uh, I think we have done a lot of things. Well, we see what our kids, um, our adult kids, how they respect people even respected, you know, respect and honored, um, adults when they were small, there was just, there's a respect and an honor for people. Sure. And there's a, a love for people, um, that has been, um, I believe instilled, but I mean, they're, they're loving people very well. And yeah. So that's been a real, real treasure and a blessing yeah. to see them turn out to be these crazy amazing kids uh, these adults that even they've had i mean we i mean they're not perfect mm -hmm, but of course yeah but yeah just wonderful kids and grandkids yeah. and yeah i always tell parents you know do your best yeah because it's a learning process yeah. layer upon layer over years yeah and uh you get to learn as you go yeah uh, mm -hmm. because you know we never had teenagers mm -hmm. until our kids yeah. became teenagers and then yeah. you know this creature crawls out of the basement one day yeah. and you're thinking who's this yeah. and you start fresh in a whole new chapter mm -hmm. of right. life with them right and uh it's not something you really get to redo mm -hmm. no. it's something that you learn as you go yeah. first out of the gate and away we go and yeah. you feel your way along and you certainly lean on god and one another a Absolutely. lot totally so would i ch change anything Absolutely. But mm -hmm. we were able to change things because yeah. we learned as we grew along with them and as they yeah. grew. And, you know, it's like today, Bonnie said, the, the kids want to come back home. And so we've established something that we call family dinner because we realized, yeah. you know, 10 years ago, oh wow, yeah. uh, we <laughs> need to stay in close relationship yes. with yeah. our kids and they want to be in relationship with yeah. us and time yeah. can go by and you can become distant. Yeah. And yet this is our heritage and our yeah. future. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we, they look forward to it. If we yeah. miss a week oh of dinners, they even get together and they, when they show up, 
for that dinner, they just like they they've missed each other. They want to talk with one another. Yeah. They love yeah. engaging with us and vice versa. So yeah. it's a real win. You yeah. learn as you grow. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You do. You do. I I think it's so interesting as we're talking about parenthood because now you guys are senior pastors of mm-hmm. Hill City Church mm-hmm. and have been yeah. for how long now? How many years? Mm-hmm. Is that? Fourteen years. Yes. Fourteen years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Talk about flies when you're having fun, <laughs> yeah, right? For real. Yeah. For real. And I think um, I think you know as being part of Hill City church being part of the leadership team i think one of the things that i think you guys have done really well and this is where it kind of ties in is setting that atmosphere of family Mm -hmm. in in the church and i think um you know like i don't think you can put a whole lot of there's there are some very distinctive characteristics of family Mm -hmm. but family is more uh caught than than taught and more sense than more like than what i mean they're more it's more sense than actually like ink on paper these these things it's more of an atmosphere and so i think as we jump into um as we kind of jump into this dialogue here today i think how have you guys been able to set an atmosphere um in the church that encourages vulnerability and transparency with sexual struggle well just i appreciate first of all your your encouragement brian about the atmosphere that's been created yeah initially it wasn't intentional but because we're parents, it, become very, it became very intentional. Right. We right. recognize that we're mom and dad here. And so for us, we place value on every generation, mm-hmm. whether you're young or whether you're old or somewhere in between. Every person that's in life is in a process. Yeah. And we encourage the embracing of life's process. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't happen overnight. No. So I would say sowing a respect mm-hmm. for one another which then moves over into this whole arena of, well, listen, if we're moms and dads mm-hmm. and we're watching over our kids, spiritual, and when I say that, my goodness, I mean, there are men and women that are older than us that we are even guiding along yeah. in new relationships themselves. Right. As they, some people are being remarried or they never had married or moving into brand new situations, we get to cover them and envelop them. I think communicate, communicate, communicate. We've communicated our stories. We've shared both of our stories. Right. The struggles of our past um, with sexuality, identity, mm-hmm. um, uh, things like rejection and shame, and and really realize that in God, all that can be taken away. Like all that can be restored and healed. And I'm reminded of a, the scripture that talks about that love covers over, yeah. you know, a multitude of sins. Uh, the scripture that says uh, God saves to the uttermost. Like God is, is saves completely. Right. That means healing spirit, soul, and body. And both of us have ex, uh, our experiences in our past. Um, we're not pretty. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we both needed healing. We both needed restoration. We needed to know, I needed to know who I was in Christ mm-hmm. because of the things that I grew up with. Being, as a little girl, being sexually molested. Right. You know, um, uh, for me, it was anorexia. I, mm-hmm. You know, both of our fathers recovered alcoholics. So so life at home was hard and, yeah. and life in general was hard growing up. And so when I met, 
you know, when I met God, when I met the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, for me, it was a process of healing. And you're going, wow, if God can do this for me, yeah. God can do this for anybody. Mm-hmm. Because when you're in, your, in the middle of the darkest place and God comes with his light and his love and 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 his truth, the, the Bible says that his truth will set me free. And that's yeah. a pers- personal, intimate understanding of what God has done for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going, God, you can do this for anybody. And so talking about it, sharing our stories, creating an atmosphere um, where there's safety and there's um, protection, there's confidentiality. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we're talking, um, speaking on a corporate level, like a, a family level where we're talking mm-hmm. with lots of people, but there's also people in our lives that we're intimately connected with that we're helping in the process right. of freedom and, and right. healing and restoration, right? right. So I think... Um, do not be ashamed to talk about it for sure you know like we all have a story we all have stuff mm-hmm. um i think if we can c- create that atmosphere where or that place where we can talk about it mm-hmm. and not be ashamed of it and say actually there's healing and and god wants to restore and this is what it looks like oh my good goodness like it's it is a it's um um, you hear the word movements all the time. This yeah. is a movement of healing and restoration. I mean, Absolutely. this is God's heart. What is God's heart? It's redemption. Yeah. That's a very, that's the very core of the heart of God is redemption and, and loving people to a place of truth and freedom. Right. For so, sure. For sure. Yeah. And I think I can, I can speak firsthand too, like seeing in the culture of our church, how you guys as leaders setting the standard in, in transparency and vulnerability, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of times leaders are very reserved mm-hmm. because if they feel like if people, if people hear my story or they hear mm-hmm. my mess ups, they're not going to, they're not going to want to follow me. Or if they, if they, mm-hmm. you know, if something's too much, it's like, Oh, well that guy's, you know, or that yeah. person is, um, you know, too far gone. I can't follow them. So like, what would you say to leaders right now who maybe have a story but are feeling like I can't come out into the open to the people that I'm leading um, with this stuff. Like, what what were even some of the things that maybe you you had to process in before going into that that atmosphere and with our church and and opening up um, about those things? The atmosphere that we were raised in would suggest that you do not share intimate details of your personal struggles. Mm-hmm. We have definitely learned from others about, and I wouldn't say it didn't originate from us, but Mm -hmm. certainly the Lord working in our hearts to create a safe place, a place where people can be healed, where part of that would be to propagate our own transparency Mm -hmm. and authenticity with regards to our stories. And, you know, they tell people in seminary and Bible college uh, back in the years, you know, that you don't, you don't talk about that stuff because after all, you're the pastors. Well, what we've seen is mountains of healing because mm. we've come to realize that somebody's restoration is on the other side Absolutely. of that totally. honesty totally. and they can relate. So when I open up about my early years of promiscuity and relationships yeah. with, with girls and I would talk about my long struggle with pornography and how yeah. my life was exposed to that yeah. and how that controlled me for years. They look at me and they, they hear that yeah. and I'm like, I'm healed, I'm, I'm forgiven, um, I'm okay, but now you're hearing my story and you're going, oh, there's hope for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can experience that same healing. And now the, the pastors 
are not on some pedestal. They're way yeah. above the people. We're actually, as God has called us to serve people, we're actually coming under, under people yeah, with good. the truth of, I'm not any better than you. That's I'm right. only here to help you. Yeah. And listen, you know, the thing that God comforted me or God delivered me from, the thing that God freed me and forgave me from, he'll forgive you too. And it's a very... Yeah. It's a very clear message that mm-hmm. is well received, yeah. but it it creates an atmosphere where yeah. it's okay to talk that way. Yeah. So we've encouraged people to talk openly about these things. I think there's a right time and a wrong time, oh, for sure. And I think wisdom. some things yeah. can be too fresh. Absolutely. So you know, yeah. and, and you have to take into consideration wisdom of who's there hearing the yes. story too, yeah. and and you know, it might be okay if you go tell it outside of your nation, but mm-hmm. locally, someone might might know it, and it's not the right time. Our kids yes. uh, know about our story before right. we tell told oh, our story sure. publicly. So, you know, there is there is reference points here where we have to be wise about this, mm-hmm. but but there is the right season for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. Well. And it's interesting too. I mean, we as 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 you know as leadership, like Mitch was saying, we're not diff- we're no different than anybody else, other than our responsibility right. looks different. Right. Right. Like, and and I. I think f- for us, it's 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 uh, the road of humility. Like I think of our Lord Jesus and and what he 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 did and availed himself to, so that that you know uh, people were healed and 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 you know uh, there was this transfer from from darkness to light. And I mm-hmm. just think, my goodness, why why not? You know, like why not be vulnerable and authentic and 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 share our story now saying that getting to that place to share the story took a long time oh for sure it took a long time it really did what might stop somebody from from sharing their story is the shame the shame of it or i don't want to think of i don't want to have to tell my past again but see this is where this is what i love about god is that when we're healed of these things and that that scripture that says love covers over, there's there's no more pain and there's no more ga- uh, sh- uh, shame or guilt attached to that thing. When God's love comes right. and heals our hearts, right. when God comes, and I, I I remember the Holy Spirit sharing with me with this scripture that Bonnie, my love is like wall to wall carpet. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a band aid. My, my love will come and cover over every area of your life if you let me mm-hmm. if you're willing to go to that place where it, where it's painful or it hurts or there's shame and you're willing to exchange that with my love it it was it was like i remember that because it was like oh god but it's so huge this right. sin this it was that past of mine it was so huge and god saying you know, like I've forgotten it and let my love cover over it. And he did. And so when we share our stories, there's no pain. Yeah. There's no regret. There's no, there, I should not regret. Well, no, there's no regret. Like I don't feel regret anymore. I don't feel shame. I don't feel guilt. Nothing like that is attached to my past anymore mm-hmm. because of, of the, uh, of God's love that just has completely healed it. Right. Yeah. So it's amazing I've all, to me. I've always believed, you know, I've heard someone say, you know, years ago that hurt people, hurt people. Well, I, I like to yeah. turn that around there and say, go. listen, healed people, heal yeah, people. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> what we're doing is literally bringing light in the middle of darkness, just mm-hmm. as in our own lives through yeah. confession, yeah. through transparency yeah. with one another. Because, you know, there came a point in our just six months before we were married and we were encountering the Lord in our lives and he wanted restoration as we were moving into marriage. And he just said to me, he said, listen, you got to tell 
your future wife yeah. what you were up to. But Lord, I've confessed it to you. And he said, no, you need to yeah. bring light. You need to yeah. bring me into the middle of that. Wow. And you need to tell someone. Yeah. And I thought, I, th- I, was, I was really afraid. I was scared that she was going to dump me. It was so, I was under so much shame. And I was under so much um, attack from, from the enemy of my soul, Satan, who said, she's going to leave you if you right. tell her. Right. But the f- crazy thing is the moment I confessed to her, you know, this, what was my deepest, darkest sin, immediately I, I was a new person. Immediately. I can't, I can't tell you enough how I, I was literally yeah. vibrating with joy. I began to mm-hmm. laugh. She'll tell you. I, yeah. I began to laugh and, and cry and laugh. And it was just like, it was done. So the point, yeah. when we when we build this kind of atmosphere, we yeah, create it by being transparent. And we talk about our inner struggles and what we've gone through. Someone in that same struggle, they have an opportunity to, to then confess and bring light into the mm-hmm. middle of it. Because God is wanting to pull the, the cover off of it right. for their sake so they right. can have that same freedom. <laughs> right. It's so exciting. I think you bring up a really good point because like a lot of times we can focus on just the forgiveness aspect mm-hmm. like I've done something wrong right and I've confessed it to the, yeah. to God and and like first John chapter one says if we confess our sins God is faithful right. and just to forgive us right. and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so you can be forgiven but then you have to tie that with James 5 where it says That's to confess right. yeah. your sins one to another yes. so that you would be healed. healed. Yeah. So there's a reality there really that you good. can be forgiven from something but not healed from it. So like, what were some of the things that you maybe had to wrestle with or some of the, the things that you had to really face in order to get to that place where you could be transparent and vulnerable? Maybe not even just from a leadership standpoint, no, but just, just even just as, a, as somebody who's wanting to serve God. What were some of the things you really had to push through in order to um, be open and honest with somebody, like a mentor or something? Well, the Word of God takes a, a priority in our lives. Because as you said in that wonderful scripture in First John, that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just. Uh, to, clean, to forgive us and cleanse of all unrighteousness. So all the Word of God is as important as that as is James about Mm -hmm. confessing your sins one another you may be healed so in that confession is significant so we also read though that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear Mm -hmm. but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind so I find that we speak to fear an awful lot because for me in that struggle there was a lot of fear and I think I think that people need to relate to us that listen I fell down I got up again Mm-hmm. I fell down. I got up again. There's there's a real faith in your life that you can, though you fall down, get up again with God's help. Don't do it on your own. And we can validate the importance of getting past the fear and overcoming the fear based on what God has given you and the ability to do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And then literally go to someone in even a first point of spiritual leaders. They're safe, period. Right. And and. For you to face the, the shame that's lying to you right now, that if someone knew what you did, they would reject you. And so that that's spirit of fear says you're mm-hmm. also rejected. And it's yeah. a lie. So we expose lies yeah. because we had to expose, we had to come to grips with the lies mm-hmm. of Satan over our yeah. lives and yeah. go to the truth of God's Absolutely. promises in Absolutely. our lives to get free. He says, the Bible says, you will know the truth of my word and the truth of my word will set you free. Mm-hmm. My paraphrase. Right. 
but it's very very important that we expose the lie so that people actually can break the shame off and stand mm-hmm. up against the enemy yes. who's just yeah. throwing it all over them. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. The struggle for me was rejection. Right. Because I've always always had always felt rejected uh, and not worthy of love. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that the Father in Heaven would love me was a really crazy, absurd. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense to my heart, and mm-hmm. um, and so the the whole rejection and worthy thing for me was uh, uh, was a huge was a huge barrier because, like Mitch is saying, with rejection, the reason I felt uh, this per- if I if I shared my story, how many people would reject me? Right. 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 And, um, and you just, you just realize you just got at the end of the day, you got just put it, you come to a place where it's just like, well, you know what I, it, you, you think, what do you have to lose? Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just came to a place where it was like, you know what, this needs to be, this need to, this needs to be shared. This needs to be talked about. And it's interesting how, how a God provided, um, the, the people in my life where it was like, it was just one person, you know, one person, and it would be a long time uh, coming. And then it was one more person, you know? Um, uh, and then God would start, started to bring us one person. Like for Mm -hmm. me personally, it was one person to talk to and say, okay, this is my story, you know, because they needed to hear it because they were going through, going through the same struggles of rejection and unworthiness and the guilt, um, that was, was on them. So, um, yeah, I would, yeah, I would say I, those two things for me. I think it brings us to another level of this, and that's with regards to the healing that God uh, wants for people. But we're we're developing an atmosphere where there's mothers and fathers. That's, so that doesn't just right. uh, begin and then end with us. This is no. then propagating atmosphere that, listen, you can be a, a mom or dad to someone. Now, that's a whole different atmosphere than, oh, well, go see our counselors. Right. Or, you know, yes. go to yeah, our recovery program. Right. I mean, we're, we, we have all those things, but the mother and father aspect is woven into it because every, right. healing doesn't happen overnight. No. Mm-hmm. And it's like peeling back the layers of an onion. There, and then there's certain points where, yeah, you're at the core. And it's just some aspects of it are instantaneous at a certain point. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, we're casting vision and we're communicating this where it's just like, listen, the same comfort you've received from God in your life or the same struggle that you've had, God's going to use it all. Yeah. I find, as the scripture says, you know, the very thing the devil, the devil wanted to destroy me with, God has used to bring healing to other people. Yeah. Well, it's the same story for everybody else in that audience or congregation in that church family. So we were like, listen, be a mom and dad to people. So it creates an atmosphere where... Maybe initially they might talk to a spiritual leader because they feel safe, but they're starting to realize, wait a minute, my my home group host is a spiritual leader. Um, mm-hmm. This older man or woman who I see in church every week, those are spiritual leaders. We all have influence. So, so they start to uh, realize that it is a very safe place in a much wider way as a family is a safe place. Mm-hmm. We have aunts and uncles and their yeah. great aunt and uncles. We have brothers and sisters and their great brothers and sisters. Like we are a family and yes. we're walking in that um, apostolic yeah. anointing or that gift where yeah. every, there are mothers and father gifts yes. that are waiting and are available. And it's, it just makes it so much easier mm-hmm. 
for people to get past those lies and go, wait a minute, it's propagated everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. I can trust these people. Yeah. It's the same yeah, people of good. this house. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, you guys, I'm so sorry to have to cut it off, but we have to, uh, have to split it up this time. So I hope you enjoyed part one of this podcast. And like I said, we're going to be launching part two. Um, just at the end of the month here in January. And I really, uh, I think you're going to want to tune in. It's going to be great. So thank you so much for uh, checking out the podcast today. We really hope it spoke to you. Hope it encouraged you and uh, maybe gave you some some things to think about. Hey, just before we go here, if you could do us a huge favor and subscribe and give us a review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, that'd be so great. That just helps us to uh, be seen by more people. And uh, we hope you have a great day. Thanks again for tuning in to the Union Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope your life was impacted greatly. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, visit our website, theunionmovement.com, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at theunionmovement.com.